This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Rachel. We're the creators of Plant School. Rachel's going to be teaching me, a plant novice, everything I need to know about plants, plant care, and gardening, all in a way that anyone can understand. Yeah, whether you have never touched a plant or you consider yourself an expert and you want to just learn more, this podcast is for you. And though it sounds simple, there's actually a lot to cover. So what are you waiting for? Join Join us us in in Plant plant School. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 45 of Plant School. Today we're going to be talking about spider plants and how to take care of them. Rachel, why are we talking about spider plants? Yeah, well, we suggested this one in a podcast episode is one of the many of hard plants to kill. And I put it on my Instagram and then (laughs) I got a few messages that people actually really struggle with them. I don't personally own one. So maybe that was just like a lack of knowledge on my part. Um, Or maybe Google and all these articles I read were leading me astray. But we decided regardless, it would be a good idea to cover this plant in a care guide episode to help all of you out who were struggling with this plant. Okay, so what are what are some uh, other names for a spider plant? Let's start basic. Yeah, there's a lot of them. It's also called spider ivy, ribbon plant, hen and chickens, airplane plants, and St. Bernard's lily. I'm sure there's others, but those are the ones I could find. Its scientific name is Chlorophytum camosum. I almost said camosum, but that... Hmm. It's camosum, and it gets the name spider plant because of the small little plantlets or babies or pups, whatever you want to call them, produced on its stolons or long trailing stems, and they they resemble spiders, and these baby spider plants, they start as small white star-shaped flowers, and after flowering, they will form those little small plantlets. And if the flower is pollinated, actually, it will produce a fruit. It's like this small, leathery capsule type of fruit. Not like a like a fruit like an apple. Just I'm talking about fruit as in it encases a seed. And it uh, has these flat black seeds inside, which I'm assuming you could grow. Uh, I don't know how easy it is to grow a spider plant from its seed, but... If you want to pollinate it and make spider plant seeds, you can. Uh, And then lastly, there are different varieties that correlate to their coloration. So some common ones are Milky Way spider plants, Vitatum, 
variegatum or white stripe. And those are just some that you can find at local plant stores. Uh, they're the most common ones. It's a lot of different names. Like, yeah, yeah, that was a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> so where did the uh, hen and chicken plant come oh, from? You threw me off there. I was like, what? But yeah, that is one of its names, isn't it? So it's one of the most common and most well-known of all houseplants. It's native to coastal areas of South Africa. And when it was first formally described, it was by a Swedish naturalist named Carl Peter Thunberg. And he named it Anther Anthericum Camosum. And it was later corrected to be what it is today, the Chlorophytum. And it, it was just a mistake basically that was made. That happens a lot when um, naming plants, animals, different living things. It's very common. And then after that, it was introduced into Europe by the end about of the 18th century. And it was probably Carl bringing them in. <laughs> <laughs> probably wanted to show them off, um, maybe brought seeds back, but it became very popular in the Victorian period when a lot of the finer homes had a just a lot of decorative foliage. The spider plant was one of those key ones and it's just kind of continued in popularity since then. Because probably because it's hard to kill, um, even though some of you may struggle with it, it is hard to kill. That's what people <laughs> tell me. That's what, <laughs> that's what they say. Rachel, you're insulting them. So what does the airplane plant symbolize? You are, you're just oh. throwing me off. Well, I was just... Using its name. No, I'm impressed. So it symbolizes creation, destination, and renewal. Um, I feel like the destination one, maybe they were thinking of the airplane yeah. plant name. Yeah. But yeah, kind of kind of some cool meanings there. So what are its lighting needs? I guess now we're getting into the, the care side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So when I looked it up, a lot of people described it as needing medium light. Which, if you want to get really into it, is 150 to 250 foot candles. So if you have a light meter, it will measure light in foot candles. And you want it between that range. I've never heard of that. At first, I thought you were going to say Fahrenheit. And oh, no. Yeah, like those are 250 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> and melt the thing. Yeah, it would probably combust. Um. Yeah, maybe we should do an episode just on light and talk about foot candles. Wouldn't that be fun, Sam? Yeah, I had no <laughs> idea what foot candles are. Um, but anyways, I would say... Just imagine shoes with candles on them. <laughs> I, think, I think really how they came about was like they had a candle and like how many feet you could leave the candle and like still see it. It's like something... Oh, it's like a farcy. Yeah, it's like a Farsi in, um, is that like the South, would you say? Yeah, yeah. go two Farsis and then you take a right. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, but this one stuck around as a formal unit of measurement. <laughs> a formal unit of measurement? A Farsi yeah. is not. Uh -huh. <laughs> it is yeah. not. You don't get onto Google Maps and it says go to Farsis uh, to your local Smiths. Yeah, have you ever used Google Maps down in the South? <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah, you've only used it here. Okay, we'll see. Road trip time. Anyways, back to sunlight. Um, 
who doesn't love direct sunlight, a lot of um, tropical houseplants don't love it either. So it can cause the leaves to actually turn pale if you do have it in direct sunlight. So if you see leaves starting to turn pale, it might be getting too much light. Not necessarily direct sunlight is the only cause of it. It just might be too much light in general. It does well in temperatures between 45 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. That is 7 to 24 in Celsius. And um, hot temperatures, it can cause them to get brown leaf tips. And if it gets too cold, it can cause pale leaves as well. Yeah. What are some of the watering needs for your plant? Yeah, allow your spider plant to dry between waterings. Too little water or too much can cause yellowing leaves. And to kind of go around this, simply just feel the soil. You don't want it to be soggy. You don't want it to be bone dry. If you feel it and the top two inches are dry, go ahead and give it a water. If it's any more wet than dry, don't give it any water. Mm -hmm. um, they can handle neglect. They can survive in many conditions. It has these thick roots that allow it to store water. So when you do forget about it, it can handle it for a few days. Um, if it becomes a habit, though, um, that's when, you know, symptoms can show up like those brown leaf tips or things like that. Um, underwatering or too low humidity can cause brown leaf tips. I should add the humidity part. And if you notice these brown streaks in your leaves, um, this usually happens in the winter, it indicates that it has been watered too much. And just the combination of too much water with cooler conditions causes those brown streaks in your leaves. <coughs> you can, oh, you're good. You can remove these leaves um, and just make sure you water it less in the winter. Like I said, just make sure you're checking the soil. That's like, that's key with any, with any plant. And also with spider plants, this is something that's a little more unique. It is recommended to use distilled or rainwater. It can just simply prevent salt buildup or chemical buildup. They are very sensitive to fluoride and boron. And that can also cause brown leaf tips. There's quite a few causes of brown leaf tips. So you might have to do some detective work if that's what you're struggling with, but switching to distilled or rainwater can really help with that as well. Hmm. So how would you go about fertilizing? Yeah. So about every month in the warmer months when it's actively growing, I would say if you do it every month, use a diluted uh, fertilizer with a 20-20-20 NPK value. It's a nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium value. Um, under or over fertilizing can cause brown leaf tips. That is, <laughs> <laughs> this poor plant has a lot of causes for that. Um, yeah, just so you know. And you do not need to fertilize newly planted spider babies. So if you've clipped one off and you've put it in soil, you don't need to fertilize it. Just when the plant is mature is when you need to start worrying about fertilizing it. Okay. So when does it need to be repotted? Yeah. Like, like most other houseplants, just repot when roots begin to push 
um, out the container at the bottom, or it the roots can actually kind of push the plant from its container, kind of lift it up, and it can make it hard to water. It usually happens like every between like two to five years, and that's when you should know you need to repot. But it when you do repot it, it does well with general purpose potting soil or soilless medium, actually. You can use like a perlite or something, some other soilless medium. Uh, Leca is one of them. And since they do grow fairly quickly and roots can easily be too crowded, they need to be repotted more frequently, frequently than other plants. That reminds me... Um, I just saw someone on like this plant Facebook group I follow. They had theirs in a vase and they cracked open the vase because they couldn't pull their spider plant out of it. And it was just like chuck full of roots. Like mm. there was no more soil left. I don't know where it went, but there was, it was just straight up roots and it looked pretty cool, but they admitted they had neglected it for far mm. too long. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And also just another example of how fast they grow, a little plantlet, a little baby could be producing large numbers of babies on its own within a year. They, they can be very fast growing if they're getting everything that they need. All right. So how would you go about propagating a spider plant? Yeah. So mainly done by planting those little babies. Um, developing at the ends of the stolons. Uh, stolon formation, the baby formation, is promoted by the length of day. So 12 hours or less of sun promotes these stolons and promotes these babies being made at the ends of the stolons, these plantlets. And so if you're wanting them to come, just keep in mind that they will naturally form with 12 hours or less of sun. So usually in the winter, like when there's less sunlight. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, but some say that they produce plantlets better when they are slightly pot bound. So maybe that lady who had her stuck in a vase, maybe she was just getting tons of babies. Maybe that's why she kept it in that vase. I don't know. <laughs> but these little plantlets, you can put them directly in soil if they already have tiny roots. And if there are no roots, you can just place their little bottoms in water. <laughs> I mm. feel like I'm like describing actual little, babies. Little, little bums. Yeah, they don't have actual bottoms, but you know what I mean. Um, until you just barely place them and you can like use a, a paper clip or something to like suspend them and not drown them in the water. But you just want to do that until new roots appear usually takes a few weeks for that to happen and you do not need rooting hormone to help these guys grow roots that's not necessary and the other way to propagate them that the only other way that i know of besides like seeds of course is by division so you can quite literally slice the plant in half um, and split it into two separate pots and go about propagating it that way. Okay. Um, it looks like this is our last question. What pests are spider plants prone to? Yeah, they are prone to spider mites. Um, oh, imagine that. I Oh, yeah, that <laughs> is a good connection. 
maybe they know the plant's name and they just, this is our home. Mm -hmm. um, Mommy. <laughs> yeah. So spider mites can be treated by physically removing them or more, what's the word? Oh, more better. Sam, help better. me out. They can better be removed more effectively. That's what okay. I was thinking. More effectively removed with something like an insecticide. Spider mites are ones that they reproduce very quickly. And so you need to switch up what type of insecticide you're using because they can build up resistance if you're using the same one over and over again. They're kind of tricky that way. That's for like an extreme infestation. But um, those are the ones that they spider mites are just prone to or spider plants are prone to getting spider mites. Okay. Well, we appreciate everyone for listening. That's all we've got for the spider plant today. Hopefully that helps all of you who sent in questions over the last couple weeks. And any sneak peeks for the next episode? Yeah, I think, so I did an Instagram poll and people were interested in learning about plant myths and either verifying them or busting them. So I think next week we're going to do our first plant myth episode. We're going to tackle a very common houseplant myth and figure out if it's true or if it's not. It'll awesome. be good. Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Pocket Cast. Also, you can follow us at Tinny Plants on Instagram, Pinterest, or YouTube. Once again, that's Tenny Plants, T-E-N-N-E-Y Plants. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, email us at tennyplants at gmail.com. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.